Hi there, Damesh Sheth here. I'm here to talk you through football's cult hero submission for the 2021 Sports Podcast Awards. Football's Cult Heroes was created as a brand new storytelling podcast series by Sky Sports News with one focus, to provide a fresh, in-depth take on the players that left an everlasting mark on the English game. Told by the players, fans and journalists that were there, the series examined why these players created such a strong bond with their adoring audience. Starting in July 2021, the six-part series was released as a weekly, beginning with Liverpool cult hero Robbie Fowler and finishing with Arsenal cult hero Kelly Smith. Other players that were featured in the series were Jurgen Klinsmann, Eric Cantona, Dimitri Payet and JJ Okocha. A different soundtrack featured in each episode with our in-house music tracks used to help to tell the stories of each of these players. Football's Cult Heroes is the fastest growing podcast at Sky Sports and we have so far achieved close to 120,000 downloads for the series. Alongside the podcast, special standalone written storytelling features were produced for Sky Sports digital platforms for each of these episodes, with well over 500,000 page views being grossed for the series. We've engaged our fast-growing listenership by asking them for their suggestions for players covered in Season 2 of the podcast. They've come back in their numbers with suggestions for future episodes. Here are some of the highlights from the series. Here's a section from the episode featured on Jurgen Klinsmann with Tottenham fan Theo Delaney, journalist Julie Welsh and football writer Raphael Honingstein. Klinsmann fever was beginning to sweep through the Tottenham faithful. So much so, the club ran out of his replica shirt. Many like Theo Delaney and Julie Welch would do nearly anything to get a first glimpse of their new star man. Klinsman turns up, they do a tour of Ireland, the crowd's turning out in Ireland. Then they do a friendly at Watford, which I go to. And it's absolutely mobbed. It is mobbed with Tottenham fans, Vicarage Road, for a friendly. They weren't ready for it at all. I remember going with my mate who I've sat with, Kevin. I've sat with for 30 30 odd years at uh, White Hart Lane uh, at Tottenham. And the two of us went and he brought his girlfriend or his wife. She'd just become his and she was heavily pregnant. We thought it'd just be a nice gentle day out. We were in this terrible crowd trying to squeeze into. I really feared that she was going to be induced by the pressure of this crowd. Eight months pregnant. You know, he's lovely, the kid. He's, he's not even a kid now, he's an adult. But we we went in there just to see, just to see Klinsman with our own eyes in a in a Tottenham show. He was actually very slight in build. I was so English used to English footballers. I mean, people like Sir Trevor Brooking, this great broad back guy. But he was, the, you know, he was sort of not a weed or a wimp or he wasn't sort of frail or anything like that. But he was just, he was built like a real athlete, you know, a middle distance runner. Excitement over Klinsman's move to the Premier League wasn't shared by everyone, though. Accusations of diving were labelled against him by sections of the British press. There was no love lost there. Klinsmann had been an integral part of the Germany team that knocked England out on their way to winning the 1990 World Cup. His arrival at Tottenham even prompted Guardian journalist Andrew Anthony to write a piece titled Why I Hate Jürgen Klinsmann. Here's the view of Julie Welch, followed by Rafa Honigstein. I think at that point, Klinsmann was the most hated player in England. And it all stems back to uh, Italia 90, of course, that semi-final the diving, you know, the writhings and uh, the over-the-top thespian performance when he fell. I mean, Klinsman in those days, he was Neymar before there was Neymar, basically. That's how we looked at him. 
I don't think anyone was really worried because I think people understood that this is the media rather than necessarily genuine sentiment of people in the street with pitchforks, you know, outside his his house trying to to kill him. But of course, it it created even more excitement and the fact that there was this initial negativity and all the stuff about being a diver and all these things and uh, a bit of maybe anti-German sentiment mixed in as well. It, it made the story bigger. Here's a section from the episode featured on JJ Okocha with Nigerian journalist Colin Udo. It's 10 to 3 on Saturday afternoon and a busy and bustling bar in Lagos, Nigeria is full of anticipation and excitement. The weekend's Premier League action is about to begin and this crowd can't wait to get their weekly fix. Shirts of English giants Arsenal, Liverpool and Manchester United fill parts of the room but for the majority there's no longer a choice of who they support. Unfashionable Bolton Wanderers boast Nigeria superstar JJ Okocha in their ranks, making Sam Allardyce's side prime viewing. Nigerian journalist Colin Udo was in that bar and saw the partisan crowd's desire to watch Bolton firsthand. Some chap decided to put, in the, put on the big game instead. I think it was either Arsenal or Man United, I'm not sure which. Oh my goodness, people nearly tore the place down. Because we're like, no way, JJ is playing, we've got to watch Bolton. You know, so I think in the end, the guy had to bring a second TV. And trust me, there wasn't, I mean, like the, the guys watching the, the second were like a small minority, while the majority were watching JJ. Bolton Wanderers are a team from a provincial town just outside of Manchester, famous for pies and Peter Kay. Yet here they are, being given top billing to an adoring audience more than 4,000 miles away from the Reebok Stadium. But how did we get to this point? Well, it starts in the sleepy, coal-mining city of Enugu in Nigeria. For many local kids, the joy of having an often makeshift ball at their feet provided them with entertainment friendship and a chance to emulate their heroes. But for Augustine Azuka Mohamed Yavuz Okocha, or just JJ, as he was nicknamed by his older brother, the objective was simple, to fulfil a dream of becoming a professional footballer. A teenager Okocha would do just that by joining Anugu Rangers in early 1990. Rangers was almost like it was a dream of every young player growing up in the eastern part of Nigeria to play for Rangers. They are all white. It's like Real Madrid's all white colors. So that all white colors was very emblematic of the region, the culture and everything else. And, you know, so just thinking about a kid growing up and just kicking the ball around and then sort of like ending up at Enugu Rangers, that was almost like the height of, you know, where you wanted to be as a footballer. The year would also see a breakthrough for African football on the world stage. Neighbouring Cameroon emerged as the new force of African football at Italia 90, going further at a World Cup than any other team from the continent had done previously. They defeated reigning world champions Argentina in the opening game of the tournament, before going on to reach the quarter-finals, losing out 3-2 to England in a thrilling encounter. Veteran striker Roger Miller's dance celebration would also provide one of the World Cup's most iconic moments. More on dance celebrations a little later. Following the finals, an inspired Okocha travelled to Germany, the home of the world champions, to see their domestic clubs in action. It would prove to be a life-changing trip. And here's a section from the episode featured on Kelly Smith with journalist Tony Layton and Arsenal fan and writer Tim Stillman. Kelly's legacy as one of Arsenal's greatest ever players went far beyond trophies, medals and magic moments. Here's Tony Layton, followed by Tim Stillman. 
She certainly still had a bigger impact on the pitch, but I think perhaps more importantly, certainly as far as Arsenal is concerned, is with the, the players around her. I mean, Leo Williamson, who's now in the England senior squad, who was just um, a youngster coming through the ranks at Arsenal now, has talked about Kelly, saying what a, an influence she was, um, how in awe, not just Leah, but all the, the younger players were. And Kelly spoke to them, encouraged them, helped them through on the pitch, helped them manage football matches. And I, I think the impact she had at Arsenal in those last few years was tremendous. And she was still able to produce great goals, great performances. As someone who supports the women and the men's team, like pretty much equally, for me, she's right up there with Tony Adams, Thierry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp. In terms of Arsenal women, probably out on her own. And that's saying a lot because there have been and there still are some absolutely tremendous players. But just for the, the impact that she had, She's just one of those players who has, who is both the actual best footballer and by quite a long distance as well. I've watched her play at the age of 37 on two dodgy knees and still be the best player on the pitch. And so as, as, as an actual talent, just peerless um, in terms of Arsenal women, but in terms of her impact and everything that she's done for the game, whether she appreciates or knows what she's done or whether she did it deliberately, just... Her quality, I think, just made a whole generation of young girls, of, of, of players who are footballers now, whether they're in the WSL or the Championship or lower, just made them think, wow, that like this woman can really, really, really play. And if I can be half that good, wow. Now, we believe we should be considered as one of your winners because we've shown an ability to bring a fresh look on stories from the past, engaging a new audience who may not have been completely aware of the impact that these players had on English football. That is at the heart of this project. We feel we've achieved this, as well as engaging a new audience and setting up a series that is well-placed to achieve further growth in subscribers and downloads in the future.